Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning. Today we're talking about identity. Identity is a wonderful topic, especially as believers. God has given us a new identity. It's just a matter of us remembering that we are new creatures and acting and living like it. I wear orange because I can. I like to say that because I'm a natural redhead, except when I go to Sally's Beauty Supply once a year and remind nature of what I used to be. When I was young, My mom told me to wear white shoes in the summer and black shoes in the winter. Weather and seasons informed how we dressed. She was from Kansas and she forgot that we lived in California. I get it. She was trying to raise me proper. I remember the wild day I talked her into buying me green shoes. I wonder what season I was allowed to wear those. Also, I was a redhead and redheads did not wear red or pink back in the day. Never pink. I let my hair color inform my actions. That was my identity. Nowadays, of course, it's different. You never know what color you'll find on your head or somebody else's head or body. It doesn't matter. A wild generation, my mom might say. Though, maybe not. In heaven, she's getting all the colors and all the seasons. I wear orange because I can. Actually, I wear what fits on my body and in my budget. So what do I mean? I mean that I want my identity to inform my actions. As Christ followers, we need to live out of our Christ-given identity. Who I am in Christ, my truest self, must inform my behavior. I'm a believer. I follow Jesus. Don't you think that should make a difference in how I look and how I act and how I speak? The integration of truth and behavior is the best version of apologetics. What do I mean by that? Well, if someone who does not believe in Christ knows that you believe in Christ, they should notice a difference in how I live. And that shows off who Christ is and what he can do for them as well. People should know that we are women who keep our word, that we don't gossip, that we love best, and that we forgive generously. All characteristics that reflect the change God's made in us. Ephesians reminds us that we are new creations. What do new creations look like? I'll just mention two today. Who we are makes a difference in how we speak, and it makes a difference in what we do. Our pastor reminded us from Ephesians 4 that we speak truthfully and we speak words that build up others. That's how a new creature speaks. Every day when I put on my eyeliner or my mascara, I might remind myself I am putting on my new self. Not the outward part so much, but remembering that God has made me new in Christ and that should make a difference in how I act and speak. One thing I've noticed is that when I'm feeling low or insecure or puny, it's because I've forgotten that Jesus gave me a new identity. And that keeps me from building up others. 
when we give someone a compliment, we are making a withdrawal on our own account, so to speak. And if our account isn't full of our identity in Christ, we soon run out. We feel like we are in arrears, or as it has happened with me on occasion, I'm overdrawn. So I become tight-fisted with my words of encouragement and praise to others. But if I remember who I am in Christ, my security is all sewn up in him, that he has filled me up with all his fullness, that's in Ephesians 3.19, I can build up everyone I meet, even complete strangers, handing out compliments like candy and valentines all year long. Do you live out of your true identity? If so, you should be known for your encouraging words. You know you will never run out. You will never be overdrawn because it is God who has filled you up. Who we are informs what we do as well as how we speak. I am called by God and so I have a purpose. One Monday evening, my sister Lori answered God's call on her life to make a difference in a frozen cornfield. Her husband Leonard had already answered his call to become a pastor mid-career. Lori went along for the adventure and because she loved Leonard, but she found herself lonely and a little cold in the middle of a Wisconsin cornfield. Calls from God can include bad weather and isolation. Lori was new at pastor wifering, but she could bake a good banana bread, so she hosted a ladies' luncheon. And from that luncheon came a Monday night Bible study that she led and she entitled M&M's Most Mondays. It's not just chocolate. Lori knows she's called by her father, her heavenly father. Her identity informs how she lives. Although chilly and a little rattled with the move to a new role and a new place with its own culture and clans that had lived together for generations, God's call meant to build up the body of Christ, if only three or four ladies showed up. At first I wondered why it's only most Mondays, but I like that way of looking at things. Yes, we are committed to Christ, but you never know what might come up. God will give us grace. We need to give grace to one another and to ourselves. We're women, after all, and many, many depend on us. We do our best and then some. Lori assured me she met three out of four Mondays a month because the Ladies' Guild meets on a Monday once a month, and when you're the new pastor's wife, you don't want to mess with the Ladies' Guild. Smart girl, my sister. Lori knows they won't live there forever. Pastors can move on rather often. But as far as she could tell, no one else was looking deep into the word out there in the snowdrifts. So she started this bit of a group. She sent the invitations. She prayed it up. She served God's word. And she showed God's love and provided M&Ms. She is not wasting the cornfield. She's not wasting the time where there are not big fellowship groups already established or huge women's conferences to attend. She took a risk. She sent invites. She settled in for a winter delight of God's word and women with chocolate. She remembered her identity. Her identity was she was called by God to build up women in her church. You don't need a frozen cornfield to feel stuck, but if you're feeling stuck, what's keeping you there? Maybe it's because you forgot who you are, a child of God who is called.
If you feel stuck today, put this on your refrigerator and begin to get it down into your bones. You did not choose me, John 15, 16, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. We're chosen. That should make a difference in how we live. Callings look different. We are all called to serve, however, and love, and give, and pray. But for instance, it may look different in Wisconsin than it does in California, except I have found that M&Ms are universal. Forgetting that we are chosen keeps us stuck. Lori got unstuck and invited everyone in her church directory who wasn't dead. Those are her words. Who we are informs what we do. And guess what? We are chosen. That's a good enough reason to get up in the morning with a bounce in your step and go to bed at night in peace. Here is my truest self. And it's yours as well if you are a follower of Jesus. And I'm going to put this list in the show notes. I am loved. So are you. I am forgiven. I am chosen like Lori. I'm sent. Maybe not to Wisconsin. I am called. I am transformed. I am his. I am found. I am unique. I am free to wear any color, redhead or not. Well, what difference does it make, all those I ams? It makes all the difference. I am loved unconditionally, so I must love others unconditionally. I am forgiven. So I must forgive as God's forgiven me. I am chosen, so I live strong like Lori did in the cornfield. I am sent, so I must go. I am called, so I must not stew about my purpose. God will figure it out and show it to me. I am transformed, so I must look like Jesus, especially in my words. I am his, so I must rest in my belongingness. That makes me secure. I am found, so I must feel valued. I am unique, so I must not compare. I am free, so I must listen and obey to use my freedom for his kingdom. As Christ followers, we need to live out of our Christ-given identity. Who I am in Christ. Ephesians 1, read it over if you've forgotten. My truest self must inform my behavior. I'm a believer, so I want to look and act like one, don't you? I'm convinced that most of life's problems could be solved by embracing an accurate picture of God and of myself. When I warp just a little on either side, my life warps. God's son, Jesus, knew who he was, but he wanted to make sure we knew. Who do you say I am? He said. You are the Christ, the disciples replied. His friends got it, even though it took a little while to live like they got it. Same with me. The integration of who I am and into how I live is a lifelong process, so don't be discouraged. But it's one I want to start again today and practice the rest of my years. What identity are you forgetting about as shown by how you are feeling or how you are acting today or, or what you're saying or not saying? I'll leave that for another day. Today, I want to remember I am loved That's my identity, and that makes all the difference. The same is for you. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live. 
all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.